beautiful wife, Roswell, who is working on her doctoral degree. My son, only son, only child, uh, Kenneth, 22, he is working on his undergraduate degree at Youngstown State in Education. And, you know, I, I just love the Lord. I love his word. I love what his word does and has done in my life. So uh, looking forward to the conversation tonight. Pastor Cornell. Um, well, welcome everybody. We're blessed to be here tonight. Uh, my name is Cornell Jordan, and I am uh, I'm honored to sit between these two individuals. Um, so much respect for them. I serve as the lead pastor here at Metro Assembly God on the south side of the city. I am um, in my third year as a lead pastor. Prior to that, I traveled and spoke. I uh, kind of had this, the seat of an evangelist. Um, like my brother, Pastor Donaldson, I love the Word of God. I love making it simple. I love allowing uh, the simplicity of God's truth to turn the lights on for folks so that they can understand. Because uh, as we will discuss tonight, a lot of people have come up under a lot of incorrect teaching and such. And so I love to make the Word of God applicable so that people can actually live out faith in a way that's just really just edifying and sustaining. So I'm happy to be here tonight. We'll see what the Lord wants to do. All right. So this is the conversation. And I just seen, I should, you guys should be able to see it now because I seen the little lock note on there. Yeah, so I didn't I, see, I didn't see you on Facebook. Is it on your site? Yeah, let's let's make sure before we go any further. Okay, you're good now. I'm good now. Okay, good. I, yeah. yeah, it had a little lock on there, so I hit the unlock. I'm not sure how that got there, but I see you. I'm glad we figured it out before we started really jumping into it. So I have to clean up the intro, but it's all good. Yeah, so welcome to the conversation again. I'm Cassandra Lavelle. I'm excited to be here um, with Pastor Donaldson and Pastor Cornell Jordan. Uh, we are here tonight just to talk, and we're really going to talk about the Word of God. Tonight, we actually have a specific topic that we're going to be talking about tonight. And so I just, before we really get into it, I just want to give people a few minutes because I know there's specific people who want to jump on and watch. So I'm going to give it maybe two more minutes before we deep start diving deep into the Word and breaking everything down tonight. But tonight is such an awesome topic. It's such a good, a good, um, a good conversation I know that we're going to have. And even this morning when I posted, when I seen um, Pastor Donaldson, and when I seen you respond to the responded to the post, I was like, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. And then when you hit me up, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, it's gonna be real good. And I got the work and Pastor Cornell, he light up all the time when he talk about the word, but you could tell he was gonna be hyped too. So <laughs> I think I think we are all, a, all very passionate about the word of God and about people knowing truth and really knowing Jesus and, and knowing who the Lord is. And um, it's important as Christians, I guess I'll start it off that way. It's important as Christians that we truly know how to study the Bible. It's great that we have um, churches that we can go to. I speak as a member of a church. It's great that I can come to my church and get the word of God through my pastor or whoever may be speaking or teaching. Um, but I said this to Pastor Cornell earlier today, if I only ate if I only ate a meal once a week, like if I only ate a meal one time on Sunday and didn't eat nothing throughout the rest of the week, I, I would have a problem. I would be malnourished in some, in some capacity. And it's the same thing spiritually. 
So we just want to encourage those who are Christians, those who are followers of Christ, to um, to seek God by seeking His face through His Word, getting to know Him through His Word. But unfortunately, um, y'all can get ready to chime in. Unfortunately, a lot of people, a lot of Christians don't know how to properly study the Word of God. Um, and so we're going to talk about tonight what it looks like. Why is it? So let me start this. I guess I'll start off with a question by asking y'all both, like, why is it important? Why is it important as a, a Christian to know how to properly study the Word of God? Because some people think, some people may think or have the perception that, well, if I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a teacher, I'm not an evangelist, it's not that important for me to actually know how to be able to study and break things down. Um, as long as I know the foundation that Jesus died for me, he rose, and God loves me, I'm good. Like, why is it important to, as a Christian, to to know how to properly study the Word of God? So um, I'll go with Pastor Donaldson first, and then Pastor Cornell, I want you to hop on and share as well. And um, in James, in the book of James, it says, don't just be hearers of the Word, but be doers also. And so James is, is actually talking about uh, practical Christianity, what it looks like to live out your faith. And so if you don't know how to study the word of God, then it's unlikely that you're going to be able to live it out. And so that's a simple answer. Um, and then also, you know, I, I'll let I'll let Pastor Cornell uh, chime in. But you you can't live it out. You can't walk it out if you don't understand. It. If there is no understanding, then you can't incorporate that truth into your life. Which means that you have a whole bunch of information that causes no transformation. Yeah. So that's because the word is supposed to change. Right. And so if it's not changing you, then what what good is it? Right. What good is it if it's not really making an impact in your life? So, right, I absolutely agree. One thousand percent, Pastor Cornell. Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback on what my brother said. Doing the work proves your knowledge of the work. I just can't say I know how to ride a bike. I have to get on there and do it. And so, it's important for people to not only receive the work, but to actually apply it and then be able to to do it. And we have. The scriptures show the importance of that. The Bible tells us that the Bereans made sure that what was being taught was accurate. Well, how could they do that if they didn't know the word themselves? So it's already kind of like ingrained in there that you you are like, um, we are called as Christians to not just receive the word, but to take it, apply it, and then defend the word. I think that's why we're so excited about tonight because we have an opportunity to defend the faith that is ours. Because there's so many imposters out there, and I know we'll get to that. There's so many popcorn type preachers, if you will. And we live in the, we live in a culture right now where everybody wants the they, they want the that one-liner kind of like preaching, if you will. And let me just say it. I can I understand to a certain degrees some of those things are very memorable, but they're not sustained. Right. And so um, as my brother said, it's important for us to not only hear the word, but also to actually put it in practice. Because by putting it in practice, it proves that we actually know the word. Watch this. In school, you, you are given tests to prove that you know the knowledge that was taught. Right. Come on now. Right. right? 
And so nobody likes to test, but the tests are necessary. Watch this. Not only for you to be able to show that you've taken in what has been received, but it also, watch this, it also enables for you to advance. Yeah, that's good. And a lot of people haven't advanced spiritually. Yeah. They're going through the same old thing because they have not gained the tools or had the desire to grow their own personal relationship with Jesus. So. Yeah, yeah. So I, I agree um, wholeheartedly with, with both of y'all because it, it's, it's the truth. Um, and I love that you said it earlier today when we were that word. Pastor Donaldson said it tonight that the word brings transformation. Like when we our t- when we study the word of God, um, God begins to transform us. He's, he's, he is transforming us to be more like his son, right? But if we don't know the word and we don't know how to properly study it, then tr- true transformation will not take place. Um, Can I say this? Mm-hmm. The word of God is living and active. Right. So you never really arrive. Right. So we should, as disciples of Christ Jesus, we should be in a continual state of learning. Yeah. A lot of people believe and they feel just because they learned it back so-and-so under bishop, pastor, whatever, so-and-so, that they have the knowledge. But we should be ever growing, ever seeking, ever studying, ever meditating on the Word of God so that we can continue to grow. I just think that people need to understand that. You yeah. never arrive, if you will, but we need to constantly be going after that knowledge that God, you know, Holy Spirit has for us. Yeah, yeah. So so the scripture that you brought up in James, I just want to read it. I had wrote I wrote it down early this morning and I want to read it. Um, because anybody that's watching, we want to give scripture reference to what we're talking about. Um, so that maybe later on you can go and read it yourself, you can study it yourself, pray about it, meditate on it or whatever. Um, but it's found in James chapter one, James chapter one, verse 22 through 26. And I wrote it down, but I'm gonna go to the one in my, in my Bible. Cause this is what it says. James 1, 22, it says this, it says, and this is, I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible, CSB, it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Wait, deceiving yourselves. So it says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So if we're just hearers of the word as Christians, but not doers, then we deceive ourselves. There's a deception in that. Right, right. It says, because if anyone is a hearer and not a doer, he is like someone looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets, (laughs) immediately forgets what kind of person he was, verse 25. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. And I read these scriptures intentionally because it is important. It's not enough, let me say this. It's not enough for us just to come to church on Sundays or watch, you know, the word on TV. It's not enough to just hear the word, but we have to learn how to apply the word and do what the word um, commands us to do, to, to apply it to our lives, to apply it to our life. If we don't, if we don't do it, then we are deceiving ourselves. Like, have y'all ever, have y'all ever, because um, I was one of these people, like, have you ever came across people who, they, 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 they love God, but they don't have a lot of knowledge, like knowledge according to the word about who 
he is. So then they believe God for things that God has never really said, just things that they've heard, like bad teaching, right? So as, as Christians, we have to study because if we don't, we can be deceived by false teachers, right? Or false prophets. Y'all want to touch on that, speak on that for a minute? Well, you know, you, you mentioned I gave you the book. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I gave you the, the Living by the Book on how to study the scriptures is because if, you, if you're not proficient in studying the scriptures, we, we talk about the Word of God, okay? This is actually God speaking. When we read His Word, it is Him speaking to us. Right. And so if He's speaking in a language that I do not understand, no wonder why I cannot respond. Right. right. And so most people don't read the scriptures because they don't understand the scriptures. Mm -hmm. But you 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 have to uh, you have to be taught how to study. You gotta want to know what God is actually saying. It's you know, Howard Hendricks talks about it being a love letter. And so if you wrote a a letter to your husband, he's not going to be uh, passive about reading that letter. Right. He wants to know and get your intent on Every what you word. are trying to convey to him. Right. And so when we read the scriptures, this is God speaking to us. Mm -hmm. He's not writing this in code. He's writing it so that we can understand it. Say that again. He's not writing it in what? Code. There is, listen, there's no... God didn't write the scriptures were not penned. Of course, they were uh, written by different authors at different times, and mm -hmm. but inspired, inspired. Right. But it wasn't written in such a way that you have to go to some guru to get some understanding. Come on, right? It's, it's written so that we all can understand. Right. John, and so, go ahead, brother. John sixteen thirteen says that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. And I think that's one of the key problems is people don't wait and trust in the Holy Spirit to give the additional help and revelation we need with the Word. Because right. I can pick up this book and read it and memorize it all day long, but until the Holy Spirit begins to give me understanding to that, I'm, I'm in a place, uh, I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in, a, in a curious position because I'll, I'll say this, I said this to her earlier today, some of the most dangerous people I've ever known are those who know the scriptures like, like nobody's business, but their lives don't match up to the knowledge that they have. That's yeah, dangerous let, to me. Yeah, let, and, and let me just add to that. Um, most heresies, if not all of them, wow, come on. Do, not, do not come from those who, listen, who do not read the scriptures, but read the scriptures incorrectly. Their own way. Come on. Their own way. Yep. Yeah. So, so most of the heresies that have come have come from people who are actually reading the scriptures, mm -hmm. but they're reading the scriptures incorrectly. Right. Right. And so yeah. if you if you if you make the word say something that it never intended to say, then that's where that's that's where the deception comes. Exactly. Exactly. We need a drum set up. <laughs> and, 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 that's, and that's dangerous. And I've seen many a pastor, many a quote unquote teacher do that. They made the scriptures what they wanted them to be. 
Not only watch this, and I, I just say that and I cringe on the inside because you're setting yourself up for destruction. Right. God will defend himself. That is a very dangerous thing to literally take the inspired word of God just for your own advantage and your own well-being. And we've seen over time how people twist the word of God just for their own advantage. So I think for the, the viewer and the listener today, one of the things that you can do is once you read the word, you must also meditate on that word and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what you yourself can't naturally receive. Because there's some stuff that, listen, I don't know about you, Pastor, but man, I can study for a whole week. But when I start speaking, the Holy Spirit starts dropping things on me that it didn't come during this, during this the private right. behind the scenes time. It came right then and there. But I know enough of who God is and how the Holy Spirit works within me to know it's true and it's consistent with the Word. Does that make right. sense? I think, yeah. I think even so, uh, one of the things I try to do, and I think our congregation knows this, if I'm going to say something and I know that is something that the Lord that the Lord brings to me that I can't show you right now, right here, I'll say, this is me saying this. Like, I want to quantify that. Does that make sense? Because I don't want to ever speak on God's behalf as if God never said it. Right. Does that make sense? Right. Right. So we just have to be really, really careful, beloved, for all those out there. Get the tools you need, get the training that's available to you, and rightly divide the word. So let me say this. Since you said get the tools, get the training, the Holy Spirit will illuminate. Yes, Holy Spirit will illuminate to us and give us understanding. But let me say this. You cannot X out learning how to properly study That's and right. just say, oh, the Holy Spirit's just going to give it to me. Because what, what can happen is you will say, well, the Holy Spirit is giving me revelation, but it's not accurate according to the Word of God. If you don't know, like when we're, when we're studying the Word of God, there are some basic, simple principles that you must Very use in order to learn how to study and to properly interpret the scripture. Very because what I've seen, I have seen people say, well, oh, God gave me this revelation. And they'll read a scripture and say, well, God told me was this, it meant this. And it's like, no, that, that's not what it means because you didn't even study and get the context of the scripture from jump. Right. And if you don't have, con listen, if you don't have context, when you're studying the text, then automatically your interpretation is gonna be wrong. It's gonna right. be it's gonna be off. It's just gonna be off. So it's important. We need the Spirit of God to illuminate. But the Bible says, to, what did you say in the scripture earlier? Love the Lord God with your heart, your mind, all of that. So we have to use our minds. We have to learn with our minds how to properly study. We have to learn context. We have to read and read again. We got to learn where key terms are, key phrases are, learn the Greek, learn the Hebrew, all of those things. Because if the history, the culture, all of that, because what kind of um, what what kind of writing it is, whether it's prophetic, whether it's history, whether it's um, Old Testament canon, whatever, you have to know poetic, these things. Yeah. Are poetic, all of these things are important because if you don't know all of those things, then nine times out of 10, your interpretation is gonna be incorrect. We're having this conversation because, okay, we're here, we're in America, but we have people, I know for a fact that watch who are not here in, in America, in other countries or whatever. Um, and 
And so it's different for our cultures, but the word never changes. That's right. The way we learn how to study here, they have to learn how to study there. It's the same thing. It doesn't change. But so many Americans, I have to say this, so many Americans think that the Bible was written in English. They literally think that the Bible is written to and Americans in and in our context, in our culture. They think that people, I can't tell you how many people I know who think the Bible is about them and not a book about God. Like all the, and these are, these are basic things that we should know as Christians, right? These are basic things that we should know as Christians. So it is very important um, that we know these things in order to properly interpret the text. The Bible says, let me read these scriptures real quick in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 2. Um, I want to read 14 through 16, and then we'll go to 2 Timothy 3. I, I hope y'all, I know y'all on here watching. I don't even know who I watch, but I see people watching. If you got a Bible, read it. If you don't have a Bible, find, find some time. If you don't have your Bible with you, I mean, find some time later and go read it for yourself. But in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14 through 16, this is what it says. It says, but as, as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe. You know those who taught you. But no, 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 that's three. I'm in chapter three. Let me go to two. I'm sorry. 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 16. I was in chapter three. All right. It says this, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to fight about words. This is useless and leads to ruin of those who listen. And let me stop. This is actually talking about false teachers, all right? It says, be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth or rightly dividing the word of truth, cutting it straight, properly handling the word of God. As Christians, again, I'm not saying as pastors, as teachers, none of those callings, labels, whatever. I'm saying as a Christian, a follower of Christ, a born again believer, we are to know how to properly, we are, we are, we, we are um, mandated to learn how to properly handle the word of God, to rightly divide the text. So that when we are studying, we're not deceiving ourselves and we're not leading others into deception. Right. I, I think the goal should always be, what does God say? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not able to apply what God says until I understand what he was conveying to his original audience. Wait, say, please so, say that again. Say, I need yeah. you, I'm asking you to say it again because I need people to hear what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know what I just said. I'm you just said, kidding. listen, <laughs> you said that we first have to ask what is God saying and what is he conveying to his original audience? Right. Right? right. Why is that? Why is that so important? Well, because you, you mentioned it earlier because of context. And so when I understand what the word is saying in this grammatical context and its historical context, grammatical context is just, you know, you you read um, you read James chapter uh, one verse twenty two, but prove yourselves to be doers of the word. I'm stuck on the first word of verse twenty two, which is but. Come on. But is a grammatically, yeah. but is a conjunction. The conjunction it's, a that's connect, right. it's a connector. So what is it connecting to? That means I've got to go back 
far enough to see what this butt is contrasting. Come on. And so, you know, and, and this, the grammatical part, you don't have to know Hebrew. You don't have to know Greek. I, I, I understood the scriptures long before I went to seminary, but mm -hmm. the, the Greek and the Hebrew, when you need it, when you need it, it's uh, it, it adds a little bit of color to your to your black and white. And so I I, I want to say to those who are watching, who are who are thinking, oh, I don't think I can learn Hebrew. I don't think I can learn Greek. Or I don't know it, so I don't. I, I I'm not going to have a grasp on the text. If you just learn grammatical uh, subject verb agreement conjunctions, knowing those little things it will help you with understanding, understanding the scriptures. So, um, now what was the question you asked me again? I forgot. <laughs> I don't even remember the question that I asked you, but that was good. But, but can I say <laughs> what, what's so awesome about this is I love how you attack the person that has the argument, well, I can't do this, I can't do that. Right. Well, look at the life of the, the apostle. They were not learned men. Right. Not in the, in the historical right. context. Right. But the scriptures say that they literally turned the world upside down. And it wasn't just because, thank you, Jesus, it wasn't just because of what they had witnessed. It was also what they believed and allowed the Holy Spirit to show and share in them. Does that make sense? So there has to be an accepting of the truth right. before we can even begin to give it out. Does that make sense? Right. We need to be, that's why I think, that's why there's an excitement amongst us on this because it's it's awesome when you can say amen to what the, what the communicator, the pastor, preacher are saying, but it's equally, uh, it's equally, uh, there's an equal response when they're not saying something that doesn't agree with the word. Like, you know, most people don't like people scratching, like scratching on windows and all that kind of stuff. That's what it feels to me when someone is taking scripture out of context or making it what they want it to be. It just, it, it just doesn't feel right in my spirit. But how, why is that the case? Because I know what the word is trying to say. You know the only way you know the only way you know a fake bill is to put it up against a real one. You don't take a fake and a fake to try to. You got to know the real one That's so right. well. You That's have to know a you have to know a real bill so well that when you come up against the counterfeit, you automatically you know, right know that. So it's it's the same thing for the word. Like we have to study. We have to study, again, I have to keep saying this for those who are watching and listening. Like, we have to study, well, we don't have to study, but we should study, should I say, um, so that we can know the God that we serve, first of all, so that we can know our, our Lord, right? We study because we want transformation in our hearts. We want our minds to be renewed, and that comes by knowing the Word of God, right? Um, we study so that we are not deceived and also so that we don't lead people into deception as well. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, and this might seem like a light thing to some people that's watching, but it, it just is what it is. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody say, like by someone's going through a hard situation, like a life, like a real bad life situation. And you know, maybe their loved one is dying of cancer 
and God is God has shown you know shown you like this person they're I'm you know I'm gonna allow them to to die from this thing and and other people have come and said well no you know they can do you know you can do all things through Christ and God you know I speak life over them and this and that and I'm like been there done that like wait a minute first of all um again context is everything because that scripture I can do all things through Christ I'm like well I don't think Paul was saying I literally could do everything like I don't think that's what he was saying I think he was saying he was actually talking about having more than enough and not enough and how God sustained them and helped them like context is everything we can't just take something that sounds good and make it say what we want it to mean that's my whole point like you shouldn't do that that's easy to say that's easy to say but not everybody that, that teaches bad doctrine or has a, a bad understanding of scripture are actually doing it on purpose. Yeah. That's a good point. They literally believe, some people believe it. No doubt. And, and so, and that's why we have to learn that um, you can be uh, sincere, you can be compassionate, you, you can be, uh, you can be sincere, you can be passionate, but sincerely, passionately wrong about what you think that scripture is saying so you know you you've been trained you had a desire to learn what is God saying that's why I gave you a resource so that you're able to have the tools to be able to open up the scripture and say okay this is what God is saying yes is he is he actually saying I can do all things through Christ who strengthened it. Is he saying that I can um, pick up a truck? LeBron James in a one on one game through Christ who strengthens me. Well, chances are I'm not going to beat LeBron James in the game of one on one. Right. And so, what is he talking about then? So, that takes me to the historical context. Where was Paul when he said that? Mm-hmm. And what was going on? And what was going on in his life? Right. Who, who said it? First of all, that's Paul. If we identify the who said it, and, and where was he? He was in prison. Right. Right. He was in chains. Right. He's not a free person. Right. And so why would he say something like that? Right. And so once we start asking the right questions of the text, then we can get to the understanding of the text. So the problem that we have is we're asking the wrong questions of any given text. That's so good. That's really good. So if I'm going to to a portion of scripture that's talking about um, marriage, and I'm asking the question, um, how do I get healing? Then I am going to force my views on that particular portion of scripture and take it out of his context. Right, right. And so that's dangerous. As, as, as our pastor Cornell says, you know, it kind of something happens inside of you. You see that happening and it's rampant. Right. That's the problem. That's the problem today is even worse. Can I just piggyback on something you said? Because you were articulating why we need to be able to study the scriptures. One of the things that I thought is critically important, we're called to be disciples. Mm-hmm. That's what we're called to be. Right. How can I disciple someone if I don't know the word myself? Right, you can't. It, it's impossible. 
You right. can't. Thank you. you so can't. guess what we have? So guess That's what we have? We have a lot of people running around here that are fake disciples of this person, of that person, of that person, but not of Jesus. Right. <laughs> oh, now. They can, and I say this all the time. They can always tell me. They can always tell me what the pastor said. But I'm saying, tell me what Jesus said. Right. Tell me what his words said. Right. Come on. Right. I, I told I told um our group Tuesday night. I, you know, because you want to be gracious to people, right? And and I've learned this, and I'm, you know, I'm getting older now. When I was younger, boy, I was a firecracker. There <laughs> was no grace there. I'd be like, where do you see that at? That's not in the Bible. You know, just yelling at people. <laughs> but there's a certain way you have to go about it now. But you can't ask, like, can you show me that in the text? Can you show me where you got that from? Like, ask if, because sometimes, as Pastor Dominson said, people, some people may not, in, they may not be doing things intentionally. They may believe, they may sincerely believe wrong and don't know any better, you know? So it's, it's good when you see that to help people out, um, but also, also to always check, check yourself. Like I'm always checking myself when I'm studying the word. I'm always asking God to give me understanding. Like step, for those who are watching, to, if you want to know how to study, because we're talking about properly hurt, um, handling the word of God and knowing why is it so important to know how to study. Step one is prayer. That's the first thing. Before you do anything else, you really need to pray and ask the Lord to open up the eyes of your understanding, give you wisdom, teach you, you know, what he is saying in the text. And again, as Pastor Donaldson said, just knowing how to read properly, just even if you're reading, forget a Bible, if you're just reading a regular book, you have to learn how to read properly when you're reading a regular book. These are fundamentals that we learn in school when we're, when we're younger, right? To make sure you're properly comprehending what is being said, right? So it's, it's, it's definitely something that's crucial. Um, it's something that I, I hope that other believers will continue to, if you're on fire, stay on fire about, or to ask God to help you to, to grow in your walk with him, because we can't grow in our walk with God. Listen, in, two, in 2021, people talk about all the time, you know, you know, God has taken me, I don't know what, what words people use, deeper, or um, what other words they be saying. Um, people be saying it's crazy stuff. God is, you know, what, what words they use? He's taking me deeper, he's taking me higher. He's, you know. There's a shift in the atmosphere. Yeah, there's a shift, you know, there's a, there's a shift, you know, and, um, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, but is it biblical? <laughs> like, like, feeling like God is shifting you or, you know, taking you higher or whatever word. It ain't, it's one, another word I'm looking for. I'm gonna think of it later on tonight. Well, whatever it is, like you have to make sure that it, what you're believing God for is actually coming from God and not from your own thoughts. Well, you know where most of it comes from? What? Gospel music. Yeah, yeah. They, you have the, the catchphrase theology yeah. That's that's saying to music that we enjoy, and because we enjoy it, we don't we don't discern the whether it's true, whether it's actually scriptural. Yeah, that's a good so, we, so we buy into a whole lot of stuff that our gospel singers are buying it that, that they're teaching us through their through their singing. 
And, and we don't got it. no substance. <laughs> hey, yeah. Clint said, take me higher, God, praying for shit. <laughs> <laughs> People love to sound spiritual. They right. love to sound spiritual. It's they love like, to sound. They, they love the sound. Okay. Like, just, you know what? What it really gets gets to me. Paradigm shift. Yeah. Listen. Somebody said, "Well, I'm I'm not claiming that." Well, what, what do you mean you're not claiming that? <laughs> Is your nose running? You, your eyes watering? You coughing? <laughs> you probably got a cold. But I'm not claiming. You, I rebuke that. I rebuke that. I don't receive it. I don't. Re I don't receive. You got. You got the bids. You got the Rona, but you don't receive it. Yeah. Listen, and, and I, I'm not making light of it, but we have to teach our people to think. You mentioned earlier, we love the Lord our God with all of our heart. Right. Conceptualize. How do you love God with your heart, your emotion, your your being, with all? With all, how do you love Him, however, with your mind? With your mind. That's you, right. You engage the word come with on. your mind. And so, when people come to the text, this is not the time to turn off your mind. Right. And 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 a lot of preachers and a lot of uh, teachers they set the the environment in such a way. That you are you are driven away by your emotion, and your mind is closed off. Right, right. And so they would say, they would say things like, you know, you're quenching the spirit. No, I'm not quenching the spirit. I'm thinking about what he just said. Right, right. And let's right. not talk about the pride, which is a pride issue. Yeah, that, that's all that is sin. And I think for me, for me. The danger, the danger of the, of the, and I'm just gonna say this: the danger of the culture today is it's allowing its own interpretation of God's word and valuing it over the truth. I said it like this the other day: if I want to find any lie out there that I know is a blatant lie, I can go and find documentation for that lie. I can do that. So what that does is it elevates. It elevates the power of the truth. And the Bible says we have to be pursuers of the truth. Right. And I think people love to live in that place of a lie because it's self-serving. That's why people say the things they say while well, it's just shipping the atmosphere. For who? And right. for what? Who right. who is it glorifying? Is right. it glorifying you? This shows the right. shift that you want. Right. Well that's what I'm that's what I'm saying though. Like when 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 we come to the word, when we come to the Bible. We need to understand that the Bible is not about us mm. off rip. I can't tell you how many preachers or pastors you can turn to on YouTube and listen to, and the whole message is about them. me. Yep. It's all about them, it's all about me. If, if your message is primarily about you, then it's not the message of God. <laughs> because when you go to the word, you should go finding about out about God, about who he is, about who Christ is. And then once you know, as Pastor Donaldson said it earlier, and I'll repeat it again, once you know who the author was talking to, what the context is, what is God saying specifically to the people it was written to at that time, then the Holy Spirit will give you life application on how you can take something, how it applies to you. But if your message is, 
you know, it's all about you and what God's going to do for you, what God is saying to you and how you can do it, then it's not about him. It's not him. It's not the word. But another thing we have to just kind of, I think that it's important that we touch on is how people have made the gospel self-serving, where it's, it's literally about their well-being. Yeah. So anytime that the, the word is preached, all they want to hear is the stuff that's beneficial to them. Yeah. That's how we got, that's how we got in the in the first place. <laughs> you know, to say, if Jesus, Jesus spoke to folks. He spoke to folks who were supposed to have known the law. Yeah. Pharisees, teach the law, sex, you know, describe all those people. But clearly they didn't know the law. Right. And so when Jesus spoke, he offended them so much so that they wanted to kill him. Right. So much so that they wanted to kill him. We live in a, in a culture today where people just want what feels good. And so, you know, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, the Bible makes it clear that there's going to come a time when people wouldn't, they just, they won't desire sound teaching. So let's talk about that. Hold up. Sound teaching. Sound doctrine. Now say I hear this word. I hear sound doctrine. I hear sound teaching. What exactly is doctrine? What exactly is sound teaching? Just what if someone's listening and they've heard it, but they really don't quite know what that means? What is sound doctrine? What is sound teaching? I'm teaching to me clearly is this, and I'll simplify it. It's that which is consistent to God's nature, character, and will. It all points to those things, right? And it's manifested in the person of Jesus Christ that we may be drawn back to, to God through his, through his action. That's the bottom line. What, what would you add on to it? You know, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, um, after the Holy Spirit fell on the believers there on Pentecost, it says, um, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's teaching. Yeah. And so that's what it means, literally. It means it's their teaching. The things that Jesus taught his apostles and his disciples is the same thing that he has commissioned us in Matthew 28, go into the world and make disciples, right. baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded. Excellent. So, so doctrine is basically the teaching of Christ. That's it, it's the teachings of Jesus Christ. And because it's the teaching of Jesus Christ, Doctrine will not go against the nature, character, and will of God. It, it, it will not. It will not. It goes hand in hand. If you, listen, all right, y'all. <laughs> if you are in a church, I'm just going to say it. I don't care because it is what it is. Because I've been there, done that. This is a conversation. This is a conversation. We're going to keep it all the way 100 on here. So, because I know what it's like to have been in a church where there was terrible teaching. Like when I first got saved, way back when I lived in Florida, my husband and I, he on here, I think he watching. Like we know what it's like to be somewhere where it was not, it's one thing if some things are kind of misunderstood or whatever, it's a whole nother thing to have bad doctrine, period. Oh so if you are in a church where what you are being taught does not align with who God says he is in his word. When you're studying on your own time, as I was way back then, I would go to church, but not go home. 
I ain't just listening to what you're saying. I'm going home and I'm reading about it and I'm studying about it because I want to learn and I want to know truth. I want to make sure that what I'm being fed is actually accurate, right? So if you're somewhere where it's consistently all the time not lining up with what who God says he is in his word, that's a problem. That is a problem. And if you are seeking, I'll say this, if you are seeking truth, if you are seeking truth, the Lord will not leave you in a place of in darkness. He will reveal himself. He will reveal his word to you when you're seeking truth because he's good. Yeah, and you know, and, and it doesn't hurt to have access to a method of study that helps you understand the scriptures. Right. Now, that, some would say, well, that's that doesn't have the spirit in it. You know, I, I, I can remember a, a friend of mine, I love her to death. She said to me, oh, you, you know that word, but I just, I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit would just, just take over in your life. And I said, I said, um, so how, how do you think I know the word? How do you think I know the word? <laughs> <laughs> so she's looking at the Holy Spirit as, as, as a being that's just going to make me get out of control, jump up in that. And it's not that the Holy Spirit doesn't make people emotional, but uh, Derek Coley sang a song, uh, When the Music Stops. It says, when the music stops, that's when I live my song. When the band goes home, that's when I've got to live the life that I sing about in my song. Right. And so... Yes, we're emotional beings. There's nothing wrong with being emotional, but before I go to an emotional realm, I need to I need to intellectually understand mm -hmm. what God is saying. If I don't understand what He's saying, then it's unlikely that I am going to apply what right. He's saying. Right. And for me, I'm, like for me personally, if if what is being said. Like I will respond to God, I'll respond to his word. So if I am not hearing word, I'm not really responding. Because I, I'm not, you know, I have to respond with, I have to respond to his word. That's, that's the only way I know how to put it. I love him with my emotions, with my heart, with my mind, with, with what I have, but if emotionalism will not sustain you. That's right. Right? Good songs will not sustain you. Good songs will not transform you, um, in my opinion. Yeah, in my opinion. I wrote a note this morning, it says this. It says, self-righteousness and religious activity can give Satan access to your life through demonic influence, right? We must be filled with the Spirit of God, and you can't be filled with the Spirit of God if you don't know God's Word. Right. You can't be, you can't be filled with this. People, People think you can be fulfilled with the Spirit, but how can you be filled with the Spirit if you don't know His Word? Like, is that, let me, I guess let me ask that question. Is it possible to be filled with the Spirit of God but not know the Word of God? My easy answer to that, Pastor, is no. I, I think in the Old Testament, there was always stating that the Spirit of God was on this person, on this person, on this person. But I think that was from the standpoint of their obedience and reference to the person, character, to the, to the, to the, to the 
character, nature, and, and will of God. That person was walking in alignment. So they had that, that they had the spirit of God rest on them. And that was an indication that they had God's authority and his Holy Spirit guiding them and directing them. It was different than that of the New Testament when the Holy Spirit was poured out on everyone. So that, that's why I'm at. I want to I have you add on to that, Pastor. And then I want to go to another point. Yeah, I, I think the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. And if you are filled with God's Spirit, then you are filled with His truth. Yeah. And so His, the, the Holy Spirit gives you understanding. Right. The, under, the, the Holy Spirit is the one who leads us into to all truth. So if you say you, you, you're full of the Spirit of God and you don't have an understanding, of what God is saying in his word. You're full of something, but you are not full of the Holy Spirit. Right, come on. You might be full of yourself. Yeah. Full of yeah. your emotions, full of your feelings. Right, right. <laughs> so, so, you know, I think, I think a lot of, a lot of the problems that we, we've encountered as it relates to the word is just the, the sheer emotionalism that we have allowed our teachers to just carry us with emotion. Now you have, uh, Cassandra, you have an appetite for the word of God, but you developed right. that appetite. That's right. You had a desire for that. You know, there's some things that, that, I, that I particularly don't like, but I, I eat it because I know it's good for me. And then you know what? After a while, I have I developed an appetite for asparagus. I developed an appetite for broccoli. Yes. Pray for me. Pray for me. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> you just need to be filled with the spirit. <laughs> So, so, uh, broccoli, more broccoli. <laughs> That's excellent, brother. So, you know, we, we just have to. I think when you when you get to a place where so so, Cassandra, you started off in a place that was um, that was spiritually toxic. It was toxic. Which which gave you an appetite for something that was spiritually <laughs> absolutely. And so you had a quest for truth. You had to go to the bottom before you had a desire to, to get out of there and see what God was actually saying. Grace and is so God. what absolutely. So so what what most people, if you don't have that hunger and thirst for uh, an understanding of God's word, you won't get it. Right. And then when you have bad teachers that are just basically telling you, all you got to do is just say it. Name just, it and claim it. Speak and, it. Speak and so, it. You know, it's <laughs> Listen, it, here's, what's, here's what's sad. When you understand the scriptures and it, and, it, and it bothers you like it does, Pastor Cornell, because what happened to all the prophets? They killed them. Yeah. Why? Oh, Why I wasn't talking about the ones from last year. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said about all the prophets from last year. My bad. <laughs> yeah, listen, listen, and and the ones from and the ones from last year, they're they're trying to position themselves where they're still considered prophets, but they can make bad prophecies every now and then. Yeah, yeah, 
know. The process of God are always accurate. Right. Yeah, that's a whole because the nature of a prophet, particularly Old Testament, was come on now. God was speaking to the person mm-hmm. who was considered a prophet. That prophet said what God said. Most of the time, the people did not want to hear what come God on. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. So they killed him. Come on. So why so, is it? Jesus said the same thing. So, so, okay. Whew, Jesus. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> that goes back to knowing the word. Right. Because people's perceptions of what prophets are, who they are, I operate in the office of a prophet. Right? I don't know how people I've heard say that, right? Right. But when it go, when you read the word, I don't want to be the prophet. Because right. <laughs> the prophets weren't believed most of the time. They weren't listened to most of the time. And like you said, Pastor Donaldson, they were killed. Right. They were martyred. So, biblical prophets versus these 2021, 2020 nowadays prophets are not the same thing. Same with these apostles. These apostles, the apostles, let me just say it. The apostles saw Jesus. They walked with Jesus. Now there's a, there, listen. I don't really want to get it too far into that. Wow. But the people, this is the conversation. They'll miss it. But here, here <laughs> in, in Ephesians, it talks about uh, apostles. It, it talks about prophets and, and talks about all of those those different offices. I don't deny that they're, they're modern-day prophets. But the nature of the prophet is to say what God said. That's exactly. right. Period. Which takes us back to what... What has God said in his word? So if a prophet, if a modern day prophet says something and that word does not align with what has already been established in God's word, then that prophet is a false prophet. Come on. Come on. And so and so how do you how do you know whether or not they're a false prophet? Well, easy. If you know the word and what they're saying is contradicting the word, then they are false prophets. That's the answer. That's the answer. And there's no and there's no no shortcut in that. Absolutely. There's no justify. There's literally people out there, social media and everything, that having to backtrack and still instead of repenting and being integral to themselves and to the word of God, they're just landing on even thicker. And I think for me personally, that's another place why I say to you, they're living dangerously. Right. They're living dangerously. Look, so so the book that I'm reading, um, <laughs> I got I have to read something out of this book. This is probably one of the best things I read so far <laughs> in the book. This is what it says. It says, be very wary if in your study you find something that no one else has ever seen before. God probably would not blind godly men of truth for almost 2,000 years and suddenly reveal it to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just you. Yeah. And listen, I was, I was studying a particular passage and, um, and I was so excited about this new discovery that I made. I was I was so excited about it that I called 
several of my professors from Dallas Theological Seminary, which are some of the top scholars in in the in the world. <laughs> I called Dr. Bach and, and asked him about, well, so what do you think about this, this new revelation? And so after I got done uh, talking to those guys, uh, I felt like they were absolutely right. You know, it's one of the things that I think we, we, we're living in a time when how something is said is more important than what it actually means. And so it, it was it was it was sounding good to me, this new revelation that I got, but it was it was off. And we can all be off. Right. Wow. That's why that's why we need the Holy Spirit that leads us to truth. Yes. And and at the end of the day, when we come to the text, it really doesn't matter what I think. Come on. Can I can I say what something? What matters is that earlier you said God that. actually go, okay. go ahead, brother. Yes. He, he said okay. uh, you said earlier, Pastor, having techniques and methods for doing it, but I also think that there's resources out there that can help you just the same. For me, earlier on in right. in ministry, I learned the power of having multiple commentaries to help guide me to sort of be like that guardrail, you know, with the scriptures so that I didn't get too far out of the, out of, out of line. Cause like you, <laughs> you didn't realize what you didn't know until you talked to people that you knew, knew something. Come on now, you see what I'm trying to say? And so right. I think it's not just the methods, it's also the tools that we have. And so I want to encourage people out there you have to invest in the tools that are available to us as believers to begin to keep us in a position where we're rightly dividing that truth, right? I, I tell my congregation all the time, man, I done checked out, you know, X number of commentaries all the time. And I do that for a reason, because I don't want to be that guy that says, oh, I found something that nobody else has seen. Like I have some, like, like all that's doing is putting the spotlight on me when the light is supposed to be going on to Jesus. You see what I'm trying to say? And so when I look at these various commentaries, and you know this, and you know this brother, sometimes you have different authors quarreling with others. There's some would say this and some would say that, and others would say this and say it third. But there are resources out there that can actually help you to be more, uh, more studious in your studies so that you don't come out saying something that sounds good to you but is scripturally right. incorrect. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. What I'm saying is this. Yeah. You talked about the methods. You talked about um, some of the ways that you actually go about studying the Word. But I'm also saying that there's tools in addition to those methods that can help us. Right, right. So, so as we get ready tonight, because it's like time, um, what are some of the what are some of the tools that we can use if, if people are looking to learn how to study the word? What are some of the tools that you could recommend for them to use? And then I'll give, I'll make sure I give a couple, like three different resources that they can use as well. Um, and then 
Pastor Pastor Cornell, you give some of the tools. Pastor um, Pastor Pastor Donaldson, you can give some of the tools. I also want you to share about your class um, that you're teaching. So if people are interested in learning how to study, you can make it available to them as well. Because um, I know that this is a topic that we could talk about all night long because we're all passionate about God, about his truth, his word, and seeing other people learn how to study the word and, and to defend the faith. But I, we didn't even touch on that tonight because it's, there's no point of talking about defending the faith if people, like you can't defend the faith if you don't know the word, you know what I mean, properly. Right. So that'll be a different like a different night because then that's when we do talk about the false teachings and how why are we defending the faith how do we defend the faith and we can go back to Jude for that but for tonight for time's sake as we get ready to wrap it up um I want Pastor Cornell if you could share some of the tools that that you could recommend for people who are um learning how to study and then um I'll give three resources for people and then Pastor Donaldson, you can also add on to tools if you would like, but also I want you to share about the class, the group that you have that is open because we want to challenge and encourage people to learn how to study the word. It's so important as Christians. We're not talking to unbelievers today. We're talking to believers tonight. We're talking to Christians. Like it is important, it is imperative that we know how to properly understand and study the word of God and handle the text properly. I think there's quite a few. I'll, I'll give you a couple right off the bat. First of all, I think it's important for you to know the type of Bible you have. Some people, um, they have just regular, just go to Walmart, buy a Bible. Nothing close to a study Bible. It's a start. There's, there's, you got to buy it. That's right. You got to have a Bible. <laughs> there's a study Bible out there. There's chronological Bibles. There's, um, um, there's different types of Bibles out there. Yep. Yep. Um, there's different types of Bibles out there that can help you in different situations. Okay. That's number one. I'm a big lover of commentaries. I, I probably have close to 300 different commentaries, physical and um, digital. And I love them because all of them are, come from different perspectives and add different flavors. So commentaries, different Bibles, different commentaries. I think one of the bigger helps with, for me also is um, the cross-referencing, being able to learn the power of cross-reference. So what does that mean to cross-reference? If you could briefly explain what it means to cross-reference. Quite simply, it's, it's, a, it's taking a passage or a verse that God has already spoken that's similar, okay? Has the same intent, the same, the same thought um, behind it. Um, because we know that often in the New Testament, there's a lot of um, restating of things that God had mentioned in the Old Testament. So cross-referencing allows for you to do that. I think last, but certainly not least, I think what's important, and this is for me, this is a big, big takeaway, is being able to trust men and women who have a track record of preaching the truth. Not just the Johnny Come Lately's who have a great, a great line, something that you can tweet, hit like, and that. I'm talking about people that have a long, long history. Like, uh, my, my favorite, I, I don't want to, I want to watch how I do this. There's a pastor out there that I absolutely love. Um, and he's a teaching pastor, um, preaching pastor. He can come in any way you want. His name happens to be Tony Evans. 
but I, I love him because he has this track record that I can go back and see. Right. It isn't just something that's late, that's just fresh and new. I have this track record I can go right. back and see. And that's what I want to challenge people to do. Don't just like how they speak and what they say. Don't just be enamored by the, you know, by the clothes and by the lights. See the history, the, right. the progression of what God has done in their lives. So that's what I'm sharing. Right. Right, and, if, and let me say this before you jump in, Pastor Donaldson. And if, and if it's if one of your favorite, if you're younger or older, and you're listening, and some of your favorite people that you listen to for the word are younger, then you need to, like you said, look at the track record, but also look at who has discipled them. Yeah. Yep. Because yep. that will tell a lot as well. So when you're Very looking good. for commentaries, you wanna you want to look at people who have, you know, who are known for accurately. Um, handling the word who are scholars in the word of God not just like let me just say this don't go to Google and ask Google to answer questions for you for the Bible it's just I'm just don't just just don't do it that's just my personal opinion all right because you'll find a little a lot of crazy um things there that is not accurate but go, go ahead Pastor D <laughs> well yeah. you know I I think uh, Pastor Cornell hit on a, a good number of them as far as resources um, commentaries are great, um, and I've got a good number of them, but the word, the, a commentary basically is God speaking or giving understanding to, to a man or a woman, whoever wrote the commentary, giving them understanding of that portion of scripture. What I'm, what I'm saying is, is the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that gave them understanding is the same Holy Spirit that we have access to. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have the resource of a commentary, the scriptures were still written in such a way that you can understand. That's right. Okay. And so that that brings me to and, and Pastor Cornell, I use I use commentaries also. I'm uh, sure. you, your guy, that's uh, where I did my internship at with, <laughs> at Oak with Dr. Tony Evans. I, I love that guy. John MacArthur, um, David Jeremiah, uh, there's, there's, there's some good ones, um, who are just strong teachers of, of the word. And they're, they're a good number, a good number. But they're, they're probably more bad ones than, than they're good ones. So we have, to, we have to help. We have to uh, teach people to be very discerning. Yes and what they listen to and how they listen to it. If you, if you want to hear something that's going to be warm and fuzzy, I can tell you 10 to 15 of them that are common and you will say, man, I, I love listening to them. You, I think, wrote down something on Facebook about uh, these uh, motivational speakers. There, there, there's a, a myriad of, of motivational speakers and you feel good after they get done but it will wane off because it's not based on the word of God. It's psychology, basically. And so um, one of the best resources that I've ever had is this is Living by the Book. It's by Howard Hendricks. This resource is, um, is probably one of the best that I've, I've had. And it basically is a, a methodical Bible study. It's a method for learning how to understand the scriptures. And when I took this class as a as a student in seminary, I thought initially, why do I need to 
to learn how to understand the scriptures because I already understand. And Dr. Howard Hendricks broke it. I mean, he helped me understand the scriptures in a way that has revolutionized my, my study. And so living by the book is, is highly recommended. It is. Um, we have what's called Right Now, right now Media, which is a video-based um, service that we get through our church. And they actually have this on Right Now Media. If you are interested in um, getting access to that, you can inbox me or message me, and then I will I will send you an invitation, and and you will have access to these videos of Dr. Hendricks teaching, living by the book. Yeah, he's got. I mean, it's, it's a great resource. And so, also as far as uh, resources, just get your Bible is the best resource that you have. Come on, if you. Listen, if you if you want to just start probably with one of the pastoral epistles, just just get a book. Don't don't go to Ezekiel. Don't start with Ezekiel. <laughs> don't start with Numbers. Don't start with Leviticus. Just, yeah, just pick a, a New Testament book and read it all the way through in one setting. Just go to Jude. That way. You, one chapter. Jude is, is a chapter. Start with Jude and just read it, <laughs> and then read it again. Yeah. If you got another, if you got another translation, read it again in another translation. On, online, there, if you want to do six, seven different translations, you can read it in other translations. That way, you have a concept of what Jude is talking about as a whole. Yeah. And so. I'm, I'm all for outside resources, but I want I don't I don't think it's wise for us as believers to be dependent on resources outside of the scripture. Right, right. And so because I believe the Holy Spirit who leads us to truth, leads us to truth, uh, wants to equip us so that we're able to understand the word of God on our own. Yeah. And that's how we make disciples. As we learn what the Holy Spirit is teaching us, then we are to teach others what God is teaching us. So I have to stop. Uh, I can go on and on, but um, if you're interested in learning, um, that's another reason why people don't know their, their Bible, Cassandra. It's because if you really want to learn it, it requires a commitment. It does. It's it work. You have to work. Some time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can't be late. And so most people are so used to being fed, and and so that they they're not learning how to prepare the meal for themselves. Just feed me, feed me, feed me. And we and and as pastors and, and leaders and teachers, we got to stop feeding people. It's better if we teach them how to how to feed themselves. That's so good. That's exactly what Jesus said, though. That's, that's so exactly good. if we would do what the man said. That's the Bible. And teaching them right. to make disciples. Right. That's, the, that's the Bible. Right. I know for me, like you said, nothing outweighs this word. Right. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a classical reader. My wife eats books. She just <laughs> she'll she'll run to but there's no greater book than this. It all starts right here. 
God's revealed revelation of himself to us. It starts here. And the beauty of being in 2021 is that there's a plethora of ways for us to understand what he's trying to say. If you don't want to know what God right. is saying, you just don't want to know. And I do know this. Those who are really diligent about his word and serious about his word, they will always take issue when it's not being divided to right. Absolutely. Always. Absolutely. Always. If so, if you're watching and you desire to want to learn how to study the word, um, Pastor Donaldson has a group that he is teaching. So should what should they do? Should they um, instant message you? What? What yeah. do you want people to do? Yeah, they, they, it'd probably be easier if you send me a, a instant message and then I can send you the details of me. Yeah. Right now, meeting on Thursdays from uh, 7.30 to 8.30. I only try to take an hour. It's um, the process in living by the book is observation, moving to interpretation, to application. Right. Most people don't spend time in observation. I mentioned the passage in, um, in Second Timothy, where I said the first word was "but." That's observation. When right. you're looking at what's in the in the grammatical structure, where you're making observations, you have to ask the right question. What is the "but" there? What is it contrasting, and so on right. and so forth. So I teach you that method, and so you can go to, for the most part, most places in the scriptures. It, it, it happens. Anytime you mention a scripture, I go through that process very, very quickly, but I've learned it over time right. and it happens quickly now, but I've, I've, put, uh, I've put thousands of hours into studying and learning this process of observation. Yeah. And then I can properly interpret the text. Observation asks the question, what do I see? interpretation asks the question what does it mean and so when we come to the text and we're asking the question what does it mean before we ask the question what do i see that's how we come up with these erroneous uh, <laughs> you know, new <laughs> that's how we come up with the you name said, nobody has ever seen. let me yeah, throw this at yeah, you last night then, it, go ahead, go ahead. Here's the last part. You go from observation to interpretation, and then from interpretation to application. Yeah. If you have a faulty observation, you're going to have a faulty interpretation. If you have a faulty interpretation, you have a faulty application. That's right. So that's why you to know how to properly study the Word of God so that ultimately you won't have a faulty interpretation and a faulty application. That's so good. It's, it's, and it's, it's, and so, it's so simple good. and so systematic it's too. so good. I said last night in the Bible study, I said, uh, we're walk just as you are walking through Job, we're walking through Deuteronomy. You know, there's a portion in Deuteronomy where we have all these miscellaneous, seemingly crazy laws, right? And the Lord uh, made it clear to us last night that God is under no obligation to owe you an explanation. <laughs> God doesn't owe you an explanation. So you cannot force your thinking into what God was saying. There was right. a reason why God said what he said. Right. And if you trust him, you know in time it will be revealed. 
Sometimes God will reveal it. In fact, most of the time when God is giving laws in the Old Testament, he'll say this is the reason why. Right. But there's other times he doesn't say it. It's supplied so that you have to trust him. You have to just walk with him and see. And so when you when you go through those stuff, it brings me to that place where for me personally, it's an issue of trust because I understand the nature, character, and will of God. That if I can trust him, at the end of the day, I will be led in a way in my life that's going to give him glory and bring me to a place where he's always called me to be. Yeah. Because so many people come to this word and it's always why, why, right. why, why. Not not right. in a way of, 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 of trying to gain knowledge of wisdom. Right. But it's more of condescending or, well, who is he? Why is he? Like, no, right. well, God is under no obligation and, to and, explain it. And let me say this. It is okay to not know the answer all the time. All the time. There are some times where you're going to read in the text and you just may not get it. And that is okay. We don't, we will never know everything about the Lord. We may not always understand everything about the Lord, but we do know that we can trust him. So it's okay to not have the answers. And sometimes you do, as Pastor Donaldson said, and you just said it, you have to keep reading. You have, sometimes you have to work for it. It takes work, it takes discipline, discipleship, it takes discipline. So it takes, it's, it's, it's hard work. It doesn't just come, but you have to put effort into it and time into it and, um, and exercise those things until it becomes normal that when you're reading, you know, you will be able to know how to observe as you're reading. You automatically start doing these things as you grow and train yourself. So, um, I want to thank y'all for being here tonight on the conversation, just talking about the importance of knowing how to study the word of God. Um, As Christians, it is imperative, y'all, that we learn, that we learn, that we learn how to study the word of God and how to properly and rightly divide the word of truth. so that we will know the God that we serve, so that we can worship him in spirit and in truth, and also so that we can make disciples, and also so that we can defend our Christian faith. All those things go hand in hand, but it starts with knowing the word of God. So we'll be back sometime soon. Uh, God willing, next week on the conversation. But for this week, thank you, Pastor D, for hopping on tonight. I appreciate you. Love you. Love you, Roz. Um, your wife, your Always son. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Cornell. Thank you so much for joining tonight, for sticking around. He had a long day. Thank you for sticking around to be a part of this. Uh, you got to drive. We're praying for you. Drive home safely. Nope. That's what I'm going to be doing, listening to the word. <laughs> so thank y'all for whoever's tuning in. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Continue to tune in. Um, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and Spotify. It will be on there tomorrow. But for tonight, God bless you. We hope that you were blessed and we'll see you next time. All right? Peace.